0: Well, we welcome you to episode 63 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and here at Northwood has been a big week, Um, but anyway, make sure that uh, before you leave the podcast that you get somebody on, uh, invite them to come be a part, whether you do it Facebook, Twitter, text, whatever it takes, and uh, just keep the word going that uh, we have lots to say about the relevant parts of our life and the truth of the word of God. Uh, As we said last week, politics can be a lightning rod for Christians, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bible and politics, and this is part two, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, go back and listen to that first. But uh, we typically identify with a certain party or a certain philosophy But it seems as followers of Christ, our identity should be much higher and have much more eternal implications. Um, So the church can and should rise above politics. But the question is, Pastor, how? How does that happen? You know, I kind of have a seeking suspicion that it has something to do with that we're citizens of another kingdom. So, how
1: does that yeah. you know,
0: affect our current state of affairs and where we find we ourselves? Are, we are
1: kingdoms of another country, and we're going to talk about that today on this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. But, Trey, it was a pretty big week for us last week, wasn't it? Yes, it was
0: you in still all kinds of Are you still tired? Uh, I'm better than I was yesterday. I'll put it that way. Thank you so much for the day off, by uh, the way.
1: I, I could not hardly function yesterday. <laughs> we went either. to... Um, we went, to, we went to the Vicious Biscuit. Have you been to Vicious Biscuit? Before? I hear it's really good. It was really good. I got this big um, chicken biscuit, almost as good as Chick Fil A. Wow. What I did like about That's their chicken biscuit, something. what I liked about their chicken biscuit was the the chicken breast they gave you. Man, it was a big old piece of chicken. Pimento cheese. I'm not a big pimento cheese fan, but theirs was pretty good, and, mm. and it had some kind of jalapeno honey over. It, it was it was good. I'm ready to go back right now. Let's go. I mean, it, it was, right it was afterwards. Good. So yeah, we had a, a big week last week. Took the day off yesterday. I took a nap. You probably took a nap too, and. Uh, what was your favorite part last week? We had Team Impact with us. Team Impact is a group of men who are massively huge, and they break stuff and share the gospel. That's essentially what they do. Yeah,
0: that's that's the, my favorite part had to be uh, just seeing the the life change that took place. You know, people yeah. getting their lives right, that was huge for me. We had over 30 people who made decisions yes. to follow Jesus Christ. We already right.
1: baptized some this past Sunday, which was really cool, and hopefully this Sunday we'll baptize a few more And until we get them all baptized Amen. And, and disciple them and help them to grow as followers of Jesus. It was a great, great week. What did you think about me, Trey?
0: Oh, that was absolutely unbelievable. Those that don't know, our pastor actually had a 400-pound block a four block of ice laid on his chest as they smashed it with a sledgehammer.
1: But, 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 but it was not only the 400-pound ice that was on top to of me. I didn't want to steal everything. You go ahead. I, yeah, it was a bed of nails. That's right. I had a bed of nails placed on top of me, then the 400-pound block of ice, then a sledgehammer coming down. <laughs> some pretty impressive huh and it put holes in you it put Is holes it true? in me it you know I had some uh uh some nail marks in my chest and my stomach it yeah you know, it's all a physics thing right I, mean, I didn't really feel the nails that wasn't such yeah, a big deal yeah. but the block of ice oh it, it man. felt like an elephant was sitting on top of me. oh put, my, I me. I can't
0: even imagine I, mean, I was
1: having a hard time breathing I'm like what am I doing here <laughs> And then, 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 when he brought the sledgehammer down, I mean, and people ask him, everybody's asking, what it felt like, and that's yeah. what it felt like. I mean, it felt like an elephant was sitting on top of my chest. It, it was, it was a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. and I'm not a big guy, right? I'm, you know, I'm 135 pounds soaking wet. I mean, so I'm not a very big guy. Those guys are huge, yeah, right? They're way they 300 ninety, three hundred pound guys. I mean, and so, so you know, um, people ask me what it felt like. I mean, it, 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 it felt bad. It wasn't pleasant at all. And when the the guy brought the sledgehammer down and hit that chunk of ice, mm. it was immediate relief. As soon as I I didn't feel any pain at all from the sledgehammer coming down. What I That's felt what was That's what I was relief. wondering,
0: if that added to the pressure? No, or? it
1: was great. It was great. It was an awesome feeling when that sledgehammer came down through that ice. I'm glad they hit it well.
0: I made a GIF of that thing, or G-I-F, whatever they call yeah, it. The little, I and it. I saw it on it Facebook. It on, and it just goes over and it over and over. Yeah, doesn't it looks impressive, It
1: really looks cool. That was, you know, I'm glad they used that sledgehammer accurately because that sledgehammer could come down a lot of different places, couldn't it, Trey?
0: Oh man, yes, it could have, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, Woo. it was a big day. It was a fun week, and so we we were um, just thrilled with what God did on our campus last week and to see people changed by the power of the gospel. It's exciting, exciting times in the life of our church and interesting times in our nation. We're continuing to talk about today politics, because this is an issue we need to discuss as followers of Jesus, and we need to discuss mm. well. And, and and for Christians, you know this, Trey, we typically have a couple different responses when it comes to politics. On the one hand, I think we can think too much of politics, mm-hmm. as if if politics and right politicians are the answer to everything that's going on in our culture. We can mm. think too much of politics, yeah. or on the flip side, We can think too little of politics. Yeah. Like, it it just doesn't matter. And so, so finding that middle ground, if you will, that we want to be a people who understand that we are a part of a different nation. Amen. God's kingdom, his nation. But at the same time, we're living on this earth, and for us specifically who live in the United States, we're living in... You know a very political mm-hmm. climate right now with an election coming up, and man, I mean it's it's already been a crazy year, and and you know this past week we had a, one of our uh, Supreme Court justices die, and and that makes it even crazier now. With I mean, if you've been watching media, it just it week by week it gets crazier and crazier, doesn't it, Trey?
0: Uh, you you think where can it go from here, and then it goes up another level, and you go, oh my heavens! And we've what still, next? We and we've still we 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 have what, what
1: another month and a half before the election. There's no telling how crazy it's going to get between now uh, and the election day. Yeah. And so, so as followers of Jesus, we want to be able to speak well into what's taking place in our culture, and we want to be involved, but we want to be involved in such a way that we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, we're trusting him, and that we are helping people to see where real hope lies. And so mm-hmm. for us, you know, you, you, you might have heard it said before that preachers shouldn't talk about politics, but we're, we're preachers who are dumb enough to talk about politics.
0: Well, I- Yeah. And I think, (laughs) no, I think that's good. But, but I think we have to, we have to deal with this world we live in. We We are, we are, We we are strangers and aliens. We are citizens of another kingdom and all those things but we're also in the world but not of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that, yeah, so yeah. that's the balance, I guess, we're trying to get to. So. so what
1: we want to talk about, we want to talk about some realities that we understand as followers of Jesus, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, how that some realities, realities that shape the way we think of politics here in the United States. But before we get there, let, let's just walk through this real quick. Let's remember what Paul does say in Philippians 3.20. Paul mm-hmm. does say, uh, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. We are citizens mm-hmm. of heaven. That, that, now, that doesn't mean we're not citizens, citizens of the United States, but this is not our eternal home. Yes. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are part of a greater kingdom, mm-hmm. a different kingdom, a better kingdom. And you think back to the New Testament, when Jesus comes to earth as the God man, he comes announcing the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mark 1:15, Matthew chapter 4, as soon as he begins to preach, he says the kingdom is here. He's now here. put yourself back in first century Jewish culture. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a king And here he is. Jesus is here, the king. The kingdom is at hand. But you and I know, Trey, and probably many who are listening know this as well. Jesus was not the kind of king the people expected.
0: Exactly. Judas himself, think about Judas, thought he was that other king. Right,
1: right. They were looking for a worldly leader, someone Mm -hmm. who would free them from the oppression of Rome and restore Israel to be a, a, you know, a a superpower in the ancient world. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for that kind of king, and that's not the kind of king that Jesus was. Mm-hmm. He was a king that came to deliver people not from Rome but from sin and death. And, and the disciples, you read Mark's gospel, for example. When you read through Mark's gospel, the author Mark, he is deliberately showing us that throughout the course of the ministry of Jesus, the disciples didn't understand. They just didn't get it.
0: At all? At all? They, they really did
1: They were trying to figure out who this Jesus was. He's supposed to be a king, but he acts differently than the kind of king we we were expecting. And and you can imagine at every time that Jesus did a miracle, there was anticipation. Mm-hmm. This was the case when Jesus fed the five thousand. When John tells this story of Jesus feeding the five thousand, it says immediately after he fed the five thousand, remember what they tried to do? Trey they tried to make him. They tried king. to make him king yeah. by force. Yeah. I mean, there was such anticipation that that Jesus would be the king that delivered them from Rome and restored Israel to be that super powerful nation that they wanted Israel to be, and he just didn't do that.
0: I think they lived kind of like, well, the other foot's about to drop, guys. It's about to to happen. It's about to happen. you know.
1: And so, again, we talked about last week that Jesus, he came into a politically charged world. Mm Mm-hmm. And people were looking to him. You're 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 the one. You're the one who's going to make it all right. And Jesus made it right, but just not in the way that the they thought He would have made it right. He He brought forth a kingdom. But if you think about it, Trey, and we think about it now in these terms, He brought forth an invisible kingdom. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: That's right. So I guess that's why it's important that we understand where our true citizenship yeah, yeah, is. Yeah.
1: So we talk about the kingdom of God being an, an invisible kingdom. Here's what I mean: that that. In order for there to be a kingdom, there need to be three things. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a king. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus is that king. There needs to be a people. We who follow Jesus are that people. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a land. Mm-hmm. Right? All kingdoms have some kind of land.
0: Something to say their kingdom over. That, that is their kingdom. So where they as followers from. of Jesus,
1: we know the king, King Jesus. Mm-hmm. As followers of Jesus, let's just be honest, we don't know who all the people are in the kingdom. Right, So in not that yet. sense, the kingdom of God is invisible. For example, Trey, um, you and I, if we were to go to Walmart this afternoon, which I would not suggest going to Walmart because it's crazy there, right? But if you were to go to Walmart this afternoon, did you know this, Trey? That the kingdom of God is at Walmart in North Charleston. Do mm. you know how I know that?
0: How do you know that?
1: Because I know that I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And so since I'm a citizen of that kingdom, when I walk through Walmart, the kingdom is present. Mm. And and there are probably others that I don't know this for sure, but I bet you if I were to go to North Charleston Walmart, there will be people walking up and not everybody, but there will be some people walking up and down the aisles of Walmart who are followers of Jesus. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know them because I haven't met them. That's right. But they're there. So the kingdom of God is at Walmart in North, and that's hard to believe that the kingdom of God is at Walmart in North Charleston, isn't it? It is. But, but the kingdom of God. is true. If, yeah, if there are people in that place that are followers of Jesus, whether I know them or not, the mm-hmm. kingdom of God is present. So in that sense, the kingdom of God is invisible. The kingdom of God exists wherever people are who submit to the rule and reign of God. Mm. It's invisible. If, if I go to Walmart, if I go across the country, if I go across the world, I might not know who identifies with the kingdom, but wherever people are that identify with the kingdom, who claim Christ as Lord, the kingdom is present. It's invisible. And now watch this, Trey. When we come together as the church on Sunday mornings, you know what I see?
0: The visible church. I see the kingdom. Mm.
1: Because, Because when we come together... We have people all across this worship center on a Sunday morning who identify with Christ, Mm -hmm. who claim him as Lord. They are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so what's invisible becomes, in a sense, visible Mm -hmm. when we gather for worship on Sunday morning. And someday when Christ brings us home, it'll be very visible, will it not?
0: Yeah, and I guess that's why it's important that
1: we show up on Sunday morning. Absolutely. (laughs) So we we can see that we're a part of a kingdom. Exactly. so you think about that. So a kingdom has a king. Mm-hmm. In, our, in our kingdom, it's Jesus. A kingdom has people. In our kingdom, it's, it's everyone who identifies Christ as king. And a kingdom has land. Mm. Now, you think about ancient Israel. It was very obvious there was a king. Sometimes you had, like King Saul, you had King David. Mm-hmm. You had people in the, the kingdom of Israel, and you had land, mm-hmm. the holy land, Every, right? The promised land. Exactly. Now, for us as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, uh, we're not in our homeland yet, are we, Trey? Not yet. America, and this is what Paul says, our citizenship is not of this earth. This is not our land. There is a greater promised land coming, mm-hmm. and that greater promised land is the new heavens and the new earth that, uh, that is going to be ushered in when Christ returns for his people once and for all. Mm. A kingdom has a king, a kingdom has people, and a kingdom has land, and there will be a day that we will see the kingdom of God Visibly, and we'll be a part of that kingdom in a very tangible way when Christ returns and ushers in His new heavens and new earth. So, so what Paul's saying again, and we have to keep this in mind. And we're going somewhere with this. I want to help us connect this to the political landscape of our nation. Uh, We have to. We have to constantly remind ourselves that we are a part of a different kingdom. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we don't have citizenship in here in this land, and we need to celebrate our American citizenship, and we need to take it responsibly, and we need to take pride in this land that God allows us to live in right now. But this is not our final destination as followers of Jesus, is it?
0: And we, if we build it that way, we're going to be disappointed.
1: Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. And so we think about it this way too, Trey, before we move on. We think about God's kingdom as Now, Mm -hmm. but not yet. Okay.
0: I like that word. Right? I like that. That that. right
1: now you are a citizen of God's kingdom, Mm -hmm. but there's a not yet Mm. in the sense that I'm a part of the kingdom now, but I'm not yet yet home.
0: So the idea is ultimate fulfillment. Ultimate of, fulfillment when Christ returns Christ and returns.
1: establishes new heavens and new earth.
0: It's not that it's not going on now, but it, the, ultimately it's going to be when Christ Absolutely, returns.
1: absolutely. And on that day, we will see exactly who's a part of the kingdom. We'll be in the land, right, new heavens and new earth, mm-hmm. and, and we will worship our king forever and serve him, right? So Amen. good to remember, Amen. as we think about the political landscape that we're in, that we are citizens of the U.S., Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And so, so knowing, now here's where we're going, knowing that we're citizens of the kingdom of God, how should that affect our now as citizens of the U.S.? Okay. And so that's where we want to get into these three, three realities that we're going to talk about for just a few moments okay, in this episode.
0: These three realities. The first one is this. Wherever you go, you are free.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, this is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, 1, that, that we've been set free. Mm. And here, you and I are, we're, we're American citizens, and as American citizens, we take pride in freedom. Mm. That's what makes our country so great, the freedoms that we have, that, that are guaranteed by, you know, the Constitution of our great land, and, you know, think about the Declaration of Independence. I mean, mm. our nation, unlike other nations in this world, was founded on this idea of we're all created equal with inalienable rights, uh, governed by God, and and we're free. We're a free people. Mm. That's great. And, and we're rightly concerned in our nation about our freedoms being trampled upon or our freedoms being taken away. We should be concerned about those things. And when we see, you know, our freedoms being taken away or our freedoms trampled upon, we should speak out. But, but here's the reality, Trey. You know this because you've been in places like I have where they don't experience oh, or boy. share the same yeah. kind of freedoms we have.
0: Uh, when we were in Swaziland, for instance, all your mail was opened. Yeah, you just wow. knew when you got it, it was going to be opened. Yeah, and yeah. you know, here we'd be horrified if they opened all our mail, but over there, you just said, "Well, yeah, it's not that way here." So,
1: and, and know, that was just one of the right, things, right? And you know, I've been to places like China and Russia. Exactly, Russia historically, not now, but historically, a communistic uh, government. China right now does have a communistic mm-hmm. government, and and you know, you know, walk even in walking in hotels in China that there is probably a good chance there's some hidden cameras around spying on you, even in your room.
0: Did you have your uh, passport confiscated?
1: No, I didn't have that happen.
0: When we got to Russia, the first thing they did is took our passports. Mm. They would only let us out by their permission to leave. Oh, wow. wow! It's freaky, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, so
1: you and I have been in places, and probably others who are listening have been in places where, uh, you know, you don't have the same type of freedoms that you have in the United mm. States. But, but here's where I'm going. Whether you live in the United States— whether you live in Russia, Communist China, North Korea, you name the country, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are free. That's right. Because the greatest thing you need to be delivered from is sin and death. If you know Jesus, you are free. And, and Paul knew this. We studied Philippians here, Trey, for several months, and, and Paul was not free physically. He mm-hmm. was imprisoned prison when he wrote that letter to the church at Philippi, But what's expressed in that letter is joy and satisfaction and contentment because he had found freedom in Christ. And so I would go so far as to say, if you live in a communist nation like China as a follower of Jesus— you are far more free than someone who's living in the United States who is not a follower of Jesus. Because real freedom is not found in your government. Now, we Mm -hmm. thank God for our nation and the freedoms we have here. But real freedom ultimately is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so since you're a part of a different kingdom you can know that wherever you find yourself mm. you are free, and even if in, in our United States, over the next decade or decades, if we see you know our government changing and we see our freedoms being taken away, which we pray that doesn't happen, and we as Christians need to do everything we can. St- do to stand and, and fight for our American freedoms. But if we see freedoms taken away, we need to keep in mind that ultimately we're not citizens of this earth. We're citizens of heaven, and we are free indeed because Christ died for us and rose again for us, and the Spirit of God lives inside of us, right?
0: When, when Jesus said to know the Son is to be free indeed, he was under one of the most oppressive regimes there's ever Absolutely. been. So Absolutely. that tells you right there. Wherever you up. go,
1: you're yeah. free.
0: And that leads us to number two. Wherever you go, you're an agent of change.
1: Right. You are. But think about this. The Spirit of God dwells in you and dwells in me so that we might be agents of change for the true kingdom, the kingdom of God. Listen mm-hmm. to what Jesus says in the Sermon on Mount. You, you know these verses, Trey. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Mm. It's a great passage. Oh, it is. Your salt and your light. Okay, so Trey, pop quiz. I know you know the answers, but, but let's, let's okay, just make sure, okay? Go. Pop quiz. What does Jesus mean when he says that you are the salt of the earth?
0: Well, I mean, I've heard all kinds of things, but mm-hmm. certainly salt preserves. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things salt does. Salt also adds flavor. Right. Um, uh, those are the two yeah, things, yeah, yeah. I guess. So
1: you think back to the first century, Trey, you didn't have a refrigerator in your home, did you? Mm-hmm. You didn't have a deep freeze. You didn't have those kinds of things. Those things that we use in our modern culture to preserve our food, you wouldn't have had in the first century. But they did have salt. And so they would, you know, use salt for flavoring, but more importantly, they would use it for preservation, to pres- preserve their food, right? Mm. And so now Jesus says, you, you follower of me, you are salt of the earth. And so when Jesus says that, what he's saying to us is, and God uses his people to preserve the earth. Now think about it, Trey. Obviously not everyone on the face of this planet is a follower of Jesus. What yeah. would happen? What would happen on this earth if every Christian was taken out of this earth, and all you had left were people who were not followers of Jesus,
0: uh, I would say that the earth would take a, a downhill slope to yeah. who knows where.
1: Yeah, because you know, reality <laughs> is is right now, God leaves His people on this earth to preserve mm. the earth in a sense that that you think about it. For example, hospitals. Mm. Some of the first hospitals were brought exactly. about by who?
0: Is the church?
1: The church. That's the way that, the, that Christians have preserved the earth. I think about uh, Hurricane Katrina. Mm. Now, when you know we went through Hurricane Katrina back in 2005 there in New Orleans, I think there were organizations like the Red Cross and uh, Salvation Army that came in. But, man, it was, it was the church, the church that rose up and sent teams of people to do you know, mud outs and mm-hmm. to uh, provide food and things of that nature. It was the church church. on the front lines of ministry, on the front lines of really what was a a warfare in a sense with the devastation that Hurricane Katrina caused. So, The church Mm -hmm. preserving the earth. You think about right now um, the the pro-life movement in the case of abortion in our nation. We're praying that someday Roe v. Wade will be overturned, and if it is, it will be because the church has been on the front lines
0: has never given up,
1: never given up. Yep. And so right now, God's people are on this earth, preserving the earth. And so so right now, as a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility to bring about preservation on this earth by Helping and being involved when you see acts of injustice, reaching out and helping yes, those in need. Yes, and exactly. Those are ways that we preserve the earth. Those are the ways that we preserve our nation as we get involved in, in acts of social justice. Mm-hmm. And when we see things that are wrong, we do what we can to make them right that's a way that we get involved in the political system, mm. just simply doing the right thing and reminding people that there is a moral standard and, and helping those in need. Those are ways that we preserve the earth. So we're the salt of the earth. We're also light. Light. What do you think it means, Trey, when Jesus says that we are the light of the earth, light of the world?
0: Well, I think it, it demonstrates what it says at the end. We demonstrate God's goodness, yeah, God's good yeah. works, who he is. We point our lives are so lit that we point to the good works of yeah, the Father. Yeah,
1: so, so you think about light, light does a couple things. One, it helps us to see. Mm-hmm. In John chapter 1, John says that Jesus is the light of the world, mm-hmm. that he helps us to see who God is and how to have a relationship. With the God of all creation. So Jesus is light. And so when we live as the light of the world, we're obviously pointing people to the one who is light. So you think about this idea of light, right? It's evangelistic in nature, isn't it, Trey? That, that to be the light is to point people to Jesus and the hope that is had in him. But what else does light do? Light not only helps us to see, what else does light do? It exposes. It exposes. Yeah. It exposes. And so you think about it in our political climate. So when do you do? We need to expose what's good and expose what's not good. Expose what honors the Lord and expose what does not honor the Lord. Light exposes. And here's what I've found, Trey, and you've probably found this to be true as well, that we want to choose. Mm. We want to choose to be either salt or light but we don't want to be both.
0: That's true. You know what I'm saying?
1: You'll have some Christians that want to do the good works, right? I want to preserve. I want to be involved in social justice issues. I want to help the poor. I want to, you know, whatever the case may be. I want to be involved in preservation, but I don't want to be light. I don't want to talk about Jesus and the power of the gospel. I don't want to expose what's wrong. I just want to do some good works but not the great work of pointing people to Jesus, when the calling here is that we're to be both salt and light, that we do all that we can to preserve, and we also do all that we can to point people to Jesus. And and think about it. What would it look like in our nation, in our local communities, if Christians lived as both salt and light, working to preserve the earth through acts of, of, of kindness, good deeds, helping the poor, the downcast, fighting back injustices, What would it look like if we did that and at the same time lived as light, exposing the darkness, exposing those things that are sinful and against God, and pointing people to the truth of God's Word and the hope they can have in a relationship with Jesus? Man, think about that. That would change our culture, wouldn't it? When you understand that you're a citizen of heaven, you understand that you're always free, and you understand that you have a responsibility to be salt and light. And Mm -hmm. right now in our politically charged culture— this nation these people who are both salt and light.
0: We need it more than ever. Mm. So that leads us to number three, because when you go as salt and light, wherever you go, the true king is with you. This is
1: so great, right? So in, in, in the book of Hebrews, in the very first few verses of the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says that that when Jesus accomplished his work, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Isn't that good? Jesus sat down. The idea that that he is king. He reigns and rules over this earth. His his, atoning work at the cross, his death and resurrection, it is done. And because it is done, as Philippians 2 says, Christ has been exalted above the heavenly places. And, and he is now, Hebrews chapter 1, seated at the right hand of the Father, reigning and ruling mm. over this world and reigning and ruling for his people. He has sat down. That's good. And there's going to be a day, Trey, when this king who sat down is going to stand up the trump is going to sound and he's going to return Amen. for his people and we're going to see him face to face and 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 that now or that now not yet kingdom mm-hmm. is going to come in its fullness and we're going to live with Christ for eternity in new heavens and new earth right the king's going to stand up come and get us bring us home with him that's good
0: that's going to be a great day
1: but in the meantime in the meantime here we are
2: mm-hmm.
1: in this politically charged climate knowing who the true king is, knowing that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, but at the same time, he's also with us. He lives inside of us. Now, I don't know who your political candidate is this season, whether you're going to vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, whatever. Here's what I know. Whether you vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, neither one of them are with you.
0: You got it. I think you're absolutely right.
1: Donald Trump, he does not know your name. He does not have a relationship with you. Joe Biden does not know your name. He does not have a relationship with you. He is not with you. But the King of kings and Lord of lords, he is Mm. with you to empower you to be salt and light in this earth, to constantly remind you that no matter where you find yourself, you are free indeed in Mm. him. The true king is with you. Amen. And that, man, that should give us great hope in these political days that no matter what happens, In this country of ours, no matter what happens in this world of ours, Jesus is with you, empowering you to be salt and light, to bring about hope and change, lasting hope and change in this world as you keep your eyes on him and focus on the mission that he has for you. Man, if we're going to be successful as followers of Jesus in this political climate, we must remember where our true citizenship lies and live for the true king.
0: If we have one thing we can do as true citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that person sitting out there says, yes, I believe that, but what can I do? What is that one thing yeah, you think they yeah. can do, brother?
1: The one thing you can do is look around you. Mm-hmm. Today, where is it? Today, where is it that you can live as salt I like life? that, yeah. I like Today, that. Today, what can you do to spread a little salt? Amen. Amen. To fight back some injustice, to show some love and care, to meet some needs of some people, what can you do? To throw some salt and on the flip side what can you do to shine some light oh there you go who can you point to jesus today who can you share the hope of christ with today wow that's good just live today of salt and light
0: Amen, Pastor. Well, this has been eye-opening for so many, and I appreciate it. So let's get ready, uh, finish up this week, and get ready for next week. What you got for us? All right,
1: so we hope that today's episode has helped you and encouraged you. And if it has, go ahead and share those with a friend of yours, let them know what's going on on the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Subscribe to our podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That's always helpful. Hey, go back to the archives. If you've missed some episodes, go catch up. We'd appreciate that. We hope that today's episode, as always has helped you connect faith to life.